Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? I'm back in the house with Grifka and we're here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast for a Wednesday talking Detroit Lions and we got lots to talk about. Uh, free agency is right around the corner, get Grifka's thoughts on that. Um, some other fun things and then this week on Wednesday and Friday we're also going to be wrapping up our uh, game rewinds, getting our eyes back on these games and, and working our way through that. Made our way through all 16 in about I think four weeks here, uh, four games a week. So breeze through them, but good to get to look at those again. Uh, Grifsky, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I mean, I know it's not Friday, but I'm just here to say this weather is starting to feel nice. I think old man winter, I don't want to jinx it. Maybe it's finally left and then it's gone away. It seems like spring is here. Which means it's getting closer to football. <laughs> Grifka, like, we can't have a double weather report. And don't be that guy. Everybody knows that guy either at work or anywhere in life where when you say hey to them or, or they stop, all they talk about is weather. We've got to have other topics than that, brother. Okay. Um, here's a topic. I wore a, t- I wore a tie to work the other day and nobody thought I had an interview. I'm like, nope, just wore a tie. I mean, I got stopped by a bunch of people like, oh, you got an interview? And one person's like, you got a date? And I'm like, yeah, I got a date. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The best part. Dressed, dressed up here at work. You know, in other words, I had a nice shirt, nice tie on, but then I had like my work shoes, which are like steel toques. I work in a factory and I had like khakis on. I'm like, I ain't wearing khakis with a tie, but I ain't wearing my nice dress pants either through. So, yeah, I know it has nothing to do with football, but. I was going to say, you know. Grifka, we can't break our thing when we don't talk about how was your work day. Talk about uh, what, what do they say? What's your favorite donut? All that other dumb crap that radio people so, do. But real quick, I, I want to hit point, on. The point of my story is. If you don't have to wear a tie to work, don't, because then people start wondering what the heck's going on. <laughs> yeah, and that was going to be my follow-up, because like you say, uh, anytime I ever dress up, people just think it's like it's like you got a, a third arm. It's just like, how dare you wear something nice? Like they're just, it's, <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing. Where like if you know if you came in trash clothes, they 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 would uh, kill you, or if you dress up. But if you just wear the regular uh, low-key garb, no one gives a crap. So it is weird. I, yeah. I don't know why people do There's that. a few people actually told, no, I have an away game today. You know, like, remember in high school, like, right. if you had an away game, you had to wear a tie. I actually said that to two people that actually, like, I knew they played sports in high school and shit like that. They're like, you know, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I got an away game today. <laughs> Gosh, it's so weird. Like, you say, oh, what are you, better than us? Oh, hey, what, do you got an interview? What are you, uh, look at look at Big Shot. Look at the boss. Like, no, I, I just wore something halfway nicer than I normally wear. Go away. All right, anyway, we got to keep this moving, Griff, because we got way too much to be talking about your tie or the weather or any other garbage you got. Save that. For your for your Friday gimmick, Grifka, 
Free agency is a week away. It starts on Sunday, Wednesday, the official league year kicks off. I mean, I want your quick general thoughts. Are the Lions going to come out guns a-blazing? Are they going to do nothing? Do you think they've got some big targets up their sleeve? Are they going to pick a bunch of people we never heard of? What do you think? I'm hoping they come out guns a-blazing to fill some of the obvious holes that are on this team, especially at defensive tackle. Um, I know was it like the big one everybody's saying right now is like DJ Reader out of Houston. I mean, I think he's what like around what 27, 28 years old, something like that. So he's not old by any stretch of the imagination. You know, um, good defensive tackle, nice replacement for um, you know, obviously uh, snacks that uh, you know he felt like retiring, but now he doesn't. But the Lions still released him. Doesn't sound like the Lions are going to resign Ashawn. So they definitely need to fill some holes there. So I'm hoping they do come out guns a blazing. I mean, I know they've made some. Uh, to, um, adjustments to the roster to free up some more, uh, you know, space. So, um, you know, use some of that money, you know, um, you know, don't save it all for, you know, the week five, you know, guy off the street pickup because, you know, those guys don't cost, you know, very much at all. Yeah. Re- real quick on what you said. So like I got in talking with uh, somebody on Twitter was talking about the DTs as well and DJ reader. And I mean, I like him as a football player, but that's not going to get me going if we just go sign one or two defensive tackles. I mean, no matter how good they are, because I feel like in this defense, those guys are kind of space eaters or they're just sort of, you know, meat and potatoes, ball players. Like if we're, if we're going to go in on and big, I don't want it just to be some gap filling, you know, run stuff or I need it to be an edge rusher, nasty linebacker corner, preferably a corner, um, you know, or even somebody exciting on the offensive side of Melvin Gordon or something like that. So that's kind of what I'm hoping. I know you um, like, we'll just see what happens. Like I, I think they do have holes and stuff to fill and they do have some money, but you know that I'm always ready for their the the few no name off the radar people that no one talked about that we bring in that they've had highlighted for six months you know and we just either have no idea or don't know all the details on these players I'm always ready for that one and then you know I think they got a game plan it's just crazy that we really have no big big hit on it like they come out and do almost anything Sunday Monday Tuesday Wednesday and we just be kind of surprised because you just don't hear anything coming out of Allen Park so I'm excited I think it's going to be interesting I think they'll plug holes that way they can go into the draft and uh, absolutely kill it you know just be BPA best player available and, and that kind of thing but we'll uh, we'll see what they do I just I want one quick follow-up on that if you don't mind is there anybody that you've heard that the Lions might be interested in signing that you're kind of thinking, oh, gosh, don't sign him. I don't really think – I don't really like the way he plays. I don't think he fits either our offensive, defensive scheme or something. Is there anybody like that that, you're, that you've are that you heard? Uh, well, you know me well enough, Griff. I, I don't uh, you know, focus on the guys I don't want. There's a few guys I do want. I I really do want him to go big on like a – either a Byron Jones, which I know it's not your favorite guy. I think he'd be a nice uh, big-time corner to add. You know, there's some other guys that have been talked about. I guess, like, I'm torn on, on Melvin Gordon. You know, there's been the rumors, and, and lots of people online just hate that idea. You know, how dare you pay a, pay a running back? And I think it's intriguing based on what you can maybe get him for, especially seeing Austin Eckler sign for six million bucks or four million bucks a year, whatever it was. It was not it was not much in comparison to what that kid does when he's out there. So I think if you ask me like what I don't want, like I'm I'm trying to tell myself like don't 
you know, get excited or want Melvin or want a big time, you know, offensive player because I feel like we're we're decently set there. But you know, you've been trying to put this run game to bed for however long now, and I want to do it almost at any cost. So I guess that'd be my short answer is just sort of, you know, that. And then, like I said, don't go get a bunch. Don't pay overly pay. Er, uh, Jesse James. We'll get to him later. Uh, for a guy that's not gonna, you know, really make plays on Sundays. You know, we need, we need. A, I told the guy online that was talking about DTs. I said we need blue chippers. We need difference makers, and we need like freaky type players on both sides of the ball. Not we already got the nuts and bolts. I think we just gotta, we gotta take big swings. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, just me qu- quickly, the guy I'm hearing that I've heard people say, yeah, let's make a run at this guy. Um, it's Chris Harris, the cornerback out of Denver. Um, Denver, you know, tried to put him in the, you know, on the outside and he didn't play that well last year for him. He's more of a, you know, the slot guy, but if, I mean, we signed Justin Coleman, a big dollars, are they looking to put Justin Coleman on the outside and put Chris Harris at the slot? I realized Chris Harris would be a good, you know, one of those, you know, mentor type guys. But, I mean, that's kind of what you got Slay for unless you're looking to trade him, you know, move move on from him. But still, I think Chris Harris, that would be the guy if they signed him. I'd be like, I, I guess I would be, I guess, tentative of just by, you know, the way he played in Denver last year. You know, that really press man type thing where – and he's more of the slot guy. But I, that's the guy I kind of worry about right there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I think Chris Harris is older. That's the big worry. He's also been a really good corner his whole career. And – him moving inside and Coleman outside, Griffsky waffle maker. That ain't gonna happen. Like we we pr- purposely signed Justin Coleman to play in the slot, so we're definitely looking for a big press outside type corner. And then you know everybody's writing off a o o baby. I I really don't uh, think anybody's giving him a look at maybe that he could be a contributor. So I I want another big time corner, but I'm not forgetting about a o. And I also think that Chris Harris has the type of mentality that Detroit would love if he makes plays, if he doesn't come in here and be Rashad Melvin, where he has a couple of games and then falls off the table. So Grifka, let's keep this thing moving. Uh, The salary cap, I I think right as we got recording here, I think finally comp picks have come out, which of course the Lions weren't scheduled to get and didn't get this year from the quick blurb I saw. But I mean, man, those were on hold, free agents, nobody knows what's going on, the CBA is up in flux. Then you got on Sunday, they pushed the deadline back, so now we're going to find out if the CBA passed on like Saturday at midnight is the deadline, I think, and then... Sunday starts open tampering. So it's like, I don't know what's going on with the NFL, but I'm just praying that this thing passes through the players. I got 10 years of football. I got no worries. I can, the lions can put their game plan in action. If it doesn't pass, I feel like it's going to be a total cluster mess. Uh, when the, when the, this season, this off season gets going, which again, Griff, I don't know if you've heard, this is the biggest off season in the history of the Detroit lions. What do you think about all that, man? Well, yes, I think it's a very big offseason for the Detroit Lions, but I was also wondering if you heard that the Detroit Tigers actually drafted Patrick Mahomes. I just don't know if you ever heard that, but I just want to you know, mention that to you just in case you haven't. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping that the CBA passes as well. It sounds like there's a lot of, um, what was it, a lot of, uh, you know, was it, I guess, influx between the players. I don't know if you heard this now that some players were looking to see if they could go back and change their vote. And, uh, 
I guess um, that has been declined by either the Players Association or something like that. So I don't know if like people want to go back and change their vote from yes to no or no to yes. But um, and I, you always hear these stories about the guys that have been in the league for a while that have made all the loot. They don't want it. You know, and it's like more the younger guys, they do want it. And now I'm even hearing stuff like that. Even some of the owners hope it doesn't pass so they can go back and do some renegotiation, renegotiating because they thought they uh, that they uh, have given up a little too much. So I'm hoping this I'm hoping it goes through. Yeah, man, we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, I hope so, too, because I, I know you said something about the owners, but what I heard is that if it doesn't, you know, they may implement old rules. They may, you know, be really hard on these these players, which I know the players are in a tough spot, but you pretty much got to take this deal. It's, it raises a lot of people up in money. The, the superstars are already set for decades. So I think, you know, just the way the NFL is set, you pretty much got to take this type of offer. You try to play hardball with billionaires. It usually doesn't work out too well. And us as fans, man, we just want our football. We don't care about all this crap. We don't want it to drag on like it has been. What's this, two, three weeks now? We want it done so we can have our teams. They know the, like, when are we going to know the salary cap? What, like minutes before the, the open market opens? Like, no, that should have been announced at the combine, you know, like it normally is. And here we are, you know, less than a week away and things are still up in the air. So we'll, uh, we'll see. I got my fingers crossed that it will all get done. Grifka, I'm going to put this on a tee for you and pl- please do the people justice with this. I've already missed a, a multiple Grifka bells cause I'm multitasking while we record today, but here's an extra for you. And I'm hoping I can use that big time here in a moment because Grifka, it was announced today that the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to meet in the Hall of Fame game. I mean, are you shocked that it's not like the Lions and the Panthers or maybe Tampa Bay versus, uh, gosh, who, who would Tampa Bay play? You know, maybe maybe the Atlanta Falcons or something in the, in the Hall of Fame game. I mean, it's a shocker, isn't it, that it's the Cowboys and the Steelers. Grifka, do what you do. I know exactly why they're doing this. I mean, they're all like, oh, well, because Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cowher are going in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, this will honor those coaches. Uh, yeah, that yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, yeah, okay. Now, this is the, you know, good faith for the, for like the big, you know, uh, fan bases in case something goes awry this summer with this whole CBA. They want to make sure that, you know, if it, you know, it makes fans worry or something like that, that it's like it's going to bring back a couple large fan bases. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised. That, you know, at halftime, they don't switch it up and like the Packers and Patriots play or something like that. And, you know, somehow the game magically goes into overtime and, you know, they put like the Giants in there or something like that, you know, just to get all the big names out there, you know. So, hey, you know, I mean, it's a Hall of Fame game. And, oh, because ooh, a couple coaches go in, we got to make sure that two of the more popular teams are in it. I mean, yeah, OK, like who didn't see that coming? Yeah, really. You know, OK, who didn't see that coming? Everything with the CBA, that's it doesn't focus on that. This, you know, gives, you know. You know, the Cowboys and Steelers fans are like, oh, great, we get the first game, you know, awesome. You know, it can get that mental picture, you know, that what Jimmy Johnson said he thinks about, what, re-signing Des Bryant or something while he's in the shower or something like that. I, you know, that was like kind of creepy when he said that. But, you know, still, I mean, this is, a, like I said, who didn't see this thing coming? You know, it's like, it's like when they announced the games over in England, you know who's not going to be playing over there? The Green Bay Packers. Okay, you know, yeah, okay. 
<laughs> oh, I'm so glad you got that in to end it, Griff. Yeah, man, to me, this is, again, like you say, to me, the Hall of Fame game is such a joke, yet also it's like that first taste of football, so I always get all excited for it. And then literally, like, one possession in, I'm like, all right, what, what else I got to do again tonight? Because this is not football. Um, that's what this is going to be. Like you say, it's a total honk move by the NFL to bring in uh, those guys. Oh, yeah, we're, we're playing to the Hall of Famers. They always try to do that when really, like, they just – no matter who gets in the Hall of Fame, they're always trying to tilt it to these couple fan bases that they think will travel to this worthless football game as well as just, you know, like you say, getting a couple of the big names, get the star on TV. I think I heard uh, – who was it? Amari Cooper when they were talking about, oh, I love to resign at Dallas. He goes, it seems like we're on TV all the time. Because <laughs> like, you are, you idiot. Like, I was Duh. just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like cue up, cue up the Griff good, duh. I mean, we have to drop that when Amari Cooper says something like that. It's like, duh. It's like, duh. It's like, duh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're on TV every other day because you're the Dallas Cowboys. You haven't won anything in two decades. Yeah, that's for you, Chuck Dog. Uh, Grifka, let's let's keep this moving. One other news and notes before we get going. And Grifka, this is this is somewhat of a public service that I've done for you, my friend. And everybody out there listening knows that you'll probably start your draft prep maybe the week before if that you know if you don't have any functions or or any uh you know appointments out at the local park or the teeter-totter so i'm going to help you out today and what i've constructed grifka you're not going to have to spell anybody's name i'm not going to quiz you on where these football players go yet you should know because you're on the podcast and because the draft is probably the biggest bloodline for an nfl team but that that aside i'm here to Help you out. We're going to have a little fun. I've constructed the Grifka, the 2020 NFL Draft, Grifka's Names to Know. <laughs> now, Grifka, you know that But besides all your deep prep that you do sitting on the Lazy Boy on a Saturday watching a couple football games a week, everybody knows that you latch on to one or two players a year with a crazy name. I mean, last year, you listened to five of my draft podcasts, and all of a sudden, your favorite player was... Rocky Sin. <laughs> I mean, you thought you thought he was a Chinese dictator before that, and then all of a sudden he was your favorite player you wanted in the first or second round. Now he did go, uh, I think, what second, third round? I think it was second round. You, yeah, you're gonna early you're, second. You're gonna tout that for the rest of your life. We get it. But Grifka, I made a full team of players with crazy, funky, kind of odd names. I'm gonna do my best to read them. I'm going to give you a little blurb about each player, and then you can tell me in about a month or so all these guys you love in the draft, all these deep dive players, and pronounce their names right, and then act like you knew them all along. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm helping yeah, you out here, buddy. Like, that sounds like fun. I always like, I like the guys with interesting names. <laughs> all right. Well, like I say, some of these are crazy. I'm going to mess them up. Some of them are, are normal, but also still good, and, and we'll see how this goes. So, Grifka, I'm going to start the safety position. And I thought this was only fitting for your boy, Rocky Sin. Because <laughs> this year, you are going to fall in love with a guy named Jeremy Chin. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Chin is, is also uh, not of the uh, Chinese persuasion, but he is uh, from southern Illinois. He's a safety slash linebacker, and he's somebody that's being projected to the Lions, either in the uh, probably the third round. He might even go second round. This guy's moving up, man. He's a safety you can move all over the football field field and he's a he's a thumper and a a really good player so keep him on your brain the other safety i wrote down is my guy 
uh, really starting to really like this guy a lot. Kyle Duggar. And, and, and not only is his name good, but his school is even better. That He would be from the esteemed university of Lenore Rhine University. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Kyle Duggar is a nasty safety. He's got dreads. He flies all over the football field. I could see the Lions taking him in, in the third or fourth round as well if he makes it that far. Griff, could you want me to move to the cornerbacks? Go ahead. Hold on, wait. I just got a. I just got a quick comment on Mr. Chin. Wouldn't yeah. it be awesome if the Colts drafted him and their backfield could be Chin and Sin. <laughs> or Sin and Chin. Now, yeah. now you're thinking like a like a real GM. It's all about the comboing the names when you're it's in the draft round. It's marketing. It's <laughs> entertainment business. And by the way, Jeremy Chin, we hit you in the chin. <laughs> uh, if you're not looking, so let, let me get to my corners. These are going to be some of your favorites, Griffka. You better get out a scribble pad for a couple of these. Let me let me start out with the first one. Probably the best name in this draft. Noah Igbenogany. Griffka, do you want to take one guess where he's from for a thousand a thousand points? No. (laughs) Grifka, this is a guy you have to know. We might take this guy in the second round. He's a nasty physical athlete safety that also returns punts. Noah Igbenogany out of Auburn. Uh, He's a a ball player, man. Make sure you know that one. The other one I wrote down was one of your Big Ten favorites that you watch on the Lazy Boy every other Saturday. Michael Ojemudia. Yeah. Michael Ojemudia. Detroit, Michigan, man. Yeah, no He's doubt. Coming man. home. He's from Detroit. I think Farmington <laughs> Hills, if I remember correctly. There you go. Let let me breeze through. I'm gonna do linebackers, DNs, and DTs quickly. So starting with my DNs. Another name. This is another classic of the draft, Grifka. Uter Gross Matos. <laughs> Out of Penn State. This is another Lions target. I also made it, Griffin, not only am I having fun with these names and you're taking notes over there, I, I'm, I'm 100% sure. Uter Gross Matos, all these people on this list are somewhat uh, possible targets of the Lions. So it works out beautiful. We got crazy names and we're actually interested in a lot of these people. So there you go. Um, DT that I wrote down is one of my personal favorites. Leaky Fotu out of Utah. Big 350-pound defensive tackle. Can play nose. He's got crazy hair. You got to love this guy. My other defensive tackle, Natani Muti. M-U-T-I out of Fresno State. This guy it reminded me of Will Hernandez when I watched him on tape, Grifka. He's kind of stiff, but he's an absolute beast. Like when he buries you, he puts you in the ground and makes you stay there. So uh, Natani Muti I like, but he also can get beat at times because he's not the most fluid athlete. And then my defensive end was Kaylee. K- <laughs> Hold on. Clavion Chason. Out of, LSU. Oh, out of LSU. Oh, yeah. Freaky defensive end. I don't know if he totally fits the Lions, but I want some red yeah, rush off tweener. the edge. Yeah. He's that tweener, that a little smaller. But we already got all the big guys. Tweener. We got all the big guys. So we need a guy that's smaller but can just out-athlete people. So mm-hmm. Clavion Chason from LSU, my linebackers. Akeem Davis Gaither out of Appy State. He's really tiny. Barely weighs 215 pounds or so at linebacker, but he runs and hits and kills people. Projected as a a guy like Jalen Smith out of Dallas is his comp. And then this guy is projected to the Lions in the third round recently in some mocks. Balled out at the combine, showed up a lot, but he's got character issues. Willie Gay Jr. 
<laughs> so not not the craziest of names, but a kind of a crazy name. Uh, Billy Gay Jr. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, because the Lions used to have a guy named Bill Gay that played on the team back in the eighties. So yeah, I don't think they're related, but this is Willie Gay. Um, so I mean, you could, <laughs> Willie Gay. Yeah, I mean, you could just, all the all the form, all the Lions fans could fill out their old Gay jerseys. I don't know if I remember seeing any of those at the game, but still, Bill Gay he's playing team, yeah, big defensive tackle. That's a throwback. We'll see. Griffin, let me blow through the offensive side of the ball. There's some doozies here too. One of my offensive tackles. Get ready to know this name, Grifka. He's not one of my favorites, but I hear he could go to the Lions. He's a he's a move type uh, offensive lineman. His name is Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State. <laughs> Ezra Cleveland. I think he was. He's like a little slow footer or something like that, isn't he? <laughs> no, he's a. I, I'm pretty sure he's a one of the most athletic uh, offensive tackles. He's a, he's a move guy and gets out and, and gets after you. So um, kind of as one of those zone blockers. So this guy's kind of a center, but I put him as my guard because the center I want to say is, is even better in my opinion, but this guard Grifka is very, very Royal. <laughs> he's very uh, pristine. And his name is Lloyd Crushenberry the <laughs> third out of LSU. <laughs> That's a classic. You got to know that one. I don't that's want the lions. A, that's to a take cartoon him. character name right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't want the lions to get crushed and bury the third, but I, I do like saying it, especially on the podcast. My center is one of my favorites, even though some people don't like this guy at all. I was I don't know if the lions will take him because we got Frank, and I don't know if he projects to guard, but Tyler Biadish, spelled B I A D A S Z, out of Wisco, Wisconsin. So that's a classic. Yeah, I'm telling you, if he gets drafted, I'm going to tell you what every. Everybody's going to be calling him B.I. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're going to have to come up with another sound bit if we get him on the team. Uh, yeah. TB. Oh. <laughs> um, there's already one of those. We know that. Grifka, you're going to know this one, but I just thought it was uh, not as royal as as Lloyd Crushenberry, but also good. Caesar Ruiz. <laughs> you got to roll that R, son. I can see yeah, the Lions taking him in the second him round. In the first round. Yeah, second round-ish is where he's at. Maybe first, so that's yeah, surprising, but he's been moving up. So Lions need a guard, man. He'd fill in nice there on the right side. Take care of his Michigan boy. A couple more here, Grifka. We're having fun with this uh, offensive tackle. Prince Tega Winogu out of Auburn. We've got tight end Adam Troutman out of Dayton. We've got wide receivers Antonio Gandy-Golden, A-G-G. We've got wide receiver and former, or not former, uh, well, former Lion coach, son of Mr. Jefferson. We've got Van Jefferson out of Florida. We've got my one of my favorite running backs. This is the guy, if the Lions don't take any running backs, just wait the draft out. Get this guy in the seventh, sixth, seventh round, or even as an undrafted guy. Seo Alanalua out of TCU. This guy's like 250 pounds, Grifka. Like, looks like carry on. Where's number 33? And he benches like 500 pounds, squats like 600 pounds, cleans like 750. I don't know what he does, but he's an absolute freak of nature. And then the quarterback, I really didn't like see any funny cornerback or quarterbacks, and I really don't care about the quarterback position unless we take a certain guy that starts with the name Tua, but he wasn't the guy I put on my list. I put Steven Montez out of Colorado. I heard some good things about him at the Combine and thought maybe the Lions would uh, consider him 
later if they wanted a quarterback prospect. So, so Grifka, did I do you some favors there? I mean, did, did you write all these down? You heard my quick analysis. I could tell by your laughter and by your just obliviousness to a lot of these names that I'd say maybe uh, three or four of these were actually on your radar whatsoever at this point, because like I say, you're, you're a busy man. You got functions. You haven't, div- you haven't got your magazine yet. I understand. Well, yeah, I'd like to chase on one, but I don't know if he actually fits, like you said, uh, what the lines are looking for. You know, it seems like they like a certain sort of linebacker, certain size of linebacker. And like you said, he seems to be a little smaller. Um, But I I liked him. I know it was at the first part of the year at LSU. He was hurt, came back halfway through the year, um, really helped that defense out. Um, But uh, I kind of like that one, but I don't know if he fits the scheme, what they're looking for. And then – uh, you mentioned with the defensive tackle out of Utah, that guy, um, you know, let's give him a break. He's Samoan, you know, quote that from Pulp Fiction. Don't give him a break. He's Samoan. Leaky Futu, so, Grifka is his name. Yeah, Leaky Futu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're going to love, these guys are all going to be at the top of your draft board. Uh, Grifka, before we take our break and then we're getting into these game rewinds, I actually have honorable mentions here that I want to run through quickly. Uh, you can put these on your short list as well. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, a great running back out of LSU. Hakeem a dangy, an offensive tackle out of the powerhouse of Kansas. How about this name? This one didn't make my wide receivers because I don't want this guy, but he was making plays against Michigan. His name is Quintez Cephas. <laughs> Great name. How about Devin Duvernay, the receiver out of Texas? How about Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma? How about Laviscus Chenault? And you got to throw the junior on because Chenault's not good enough. We got Justin... Adabuke, defensive tackle out of Texas A&M, I believe. We got Thaddeus Moss, Dirty Randy's son, straight cash homie. We got LSU. Michael. <laughs> we got Michael Amenahue from Michigan. I don't know. I think I got that right. I can't remember how to say it. And then my last one on my list, I didn't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but I don't want him on the Lions. He was listed as a big tight end. Obviously, we're, we're somewhat set there, and you hate tight ends. But Albert O., Oh, baby, I can't say the name. It's a crazy last name. I didn't want to give it a try. But Grifka, man, look at all those good names. I mean, last year you only had Rocky Sin and maybe one or two others that you latched onto. Now you got about 20. So there you go. Dude, I'm written, now I'm really hoping that the Colts draft Chin just like a Chin and Sin. Chin there and you sin, go. Baby. I'm going to do a mock okay. draft here in a bit, and Grifka will have uh, Jeremy Chin in his low first round. One, so he can argue with me, too, so he can try to, for no reason except just to get that, that name combo. Yes, that was, that was awesome. Can you imagine that? How sweet that would look. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Let's uh, take a break. Everybody, we're going to we're gonna talk about the – what games we got here? We're going to talk about the Vikings, the Lions traveling to Minnesota, Tampa Bay coming to Detroit. I got limited bullets on this, Griff Cubble. I know we'll have some fun with it. So we'll be right back after the break. Talk all about it. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everybody, we're back after the break, so we're not going to mess around. We had fun at the top of the show, talked about a lot, uh, had had the uh, Grifka names to know in the 2020 draft. That was some fun. Now we got to talk about something that's not so fun, and that's the Detroit Lions going to the Minnesota Vikings. Grifka, these last four games were painful for me because this isn't the point. Like Normally you hear me come on the show, try to justify like how close they were, how good the game was. These were games I just not only didn't want to watch, but just – there's not, I don't have many good notes here because I was just frustrated and brought back bad memories. But my first two bullet points on this one are blue pants, aqua pants. I mean, that's an automatic loss. And then I've got here in big bull print, Tom Brenneman's a freaking idiot. This is the worst announcer. He, he acts like everything is the final play of the Super Bowl, and he hates the Lions. This guy, like, he's almost, like, waiting for bad stuff to happen to the Lions so he can make fun of us, so he can, like, rag on the team but pretend he's not. Like, I can't stand that guy. Yeah, I just for some odd reasons I've come to the come to the fact that it seems like pretty much all announcers hate the Lions. You know, I mean, I know Chris Spielman even played for him, and I still read stuff like Chris Spielman hates the Lions, which I can't understand why. I mean, why? I don't know why people like think that way, but uh, it, it just seems like I've given up. It's like, yeah, no matter who the Lions are playing, they're gonna like hype the crap out of the other team. So, you know, <laughs> Tom Brennan is, is the worst go. of that bunch, and like you say. It's it's just not justified. Like half, you know, we're not playing great football, but even when we are playing good, these guys just this guy's the worst of the worst. Grifka, my first bullet point actually about the game is something that I just can't wait to throw to you. Grifka, your boy, BC Johnson, uh, ends up scoring another touchdown right over my boy. A.O. I don't have the clip, but I, I don't even think it's worthy of the clip right now because A.O. gets roasted and toasted, and all B.C. Johnson was saying to him was, Oh, baby! Uh, not good. So, yeah, that was my first bullet, too. It was like, actually, it reads B.C. Johnson again, really, <laughs> question mark. Right. I spelled B.C. B.I.S.C. and then like 18 E's after. <laughs> I didn't care, and I was so annoyed. I just gave him like 16 E's. <sighs> I got here third and one. The Lions go for it. What do they do? Run right up the middle into a just a cloud of humanity. Get stuffed. That that pissed me off. Uh, 7-0 here after the first quarter. But it starts getting ugly, man. After that, like I felt like the Vikings were running on us. They were throwing the ball deep. and And the biggest thing that that is infuriating is right before the half we get, we get sacked on a play where um, David Blau should have thrown the ball away. I mean, he's way outside the pocket. Why you don't just pitch it out of bounds. I have no idea. So he gets sacked for probably a 10 yard loss. Then Prater yanks the field goal and misses it. And there's only like 30, 40 seconds left to whatever it is. The Vikings say, screw it. They go like 80 yards on us in like 30 seconds, throw a deep ball to Stefan Diggs, get a walk-in touchdown from uh, their beast running back, and, and now it's 17 nut at half. I just wrote WTF. you got to be kidding me. This is ridiculous. So I had to watch the, the rest of the game. Uh, what would you think about that turn at half? I mean, just embarrassing, huh? Yeah, that was. It seemed to be more. I, I jotted down right before 
that that touchdown, like late touchdown, was I didn't think the defense was playing all that bad. You know, I, I put I guess you know because they were on the field a lot that first half. I mean, Blau, another point ahead. It's like yeah, he looked like a rookie. I mean, he had. I mean, he had some bad sacks. He had some bad passes. And I don't know what Minnesota did to, like, switch up their defense just to confuse the crap out of him. But he looked awful. And that offense wasn't on the field that much at all in the first half. So, and you know, and then I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened there late where that defense just kind of was like, I think they were just ready to get into halftime. It's just like they didn't think Minnesota would do anything. You know, because I didn't think the defense played that bad. But right there was really momentum. You know, really just kind of took the wind out of their sails, you know, right before half. Griff, I heard your answer. I really did. But the only thing I could focus on was when you said that the defense didn't play that bad, what would be the opposite maybe of not playing that bad? Or like the antithesis, yeah. like the flip of that? Gosh, they weren't that great. <laughs> <laughs> so so we go into half, we're getting whooped. We're on the road. We, it's like a house of horrors in Minnesota. We always get blown up. I felt like there was a lot of sacks, a lot of ugly play in this game. David Blau throwing the ball wide, throwing interceptions, stuff like that. I literally have, you know, 17 zero at the half. I have no notes. <laughs> I just have 20 zip after three quarters. So we only gave up a field goal, but I have nothing to note in the third quarter. Yeah, it was the same way, actually. It was one of those uh, – we had talked about it prior games. Like, this had to be one of the most boring quarters of football. And that was right there. <laughs> oh, man. My my only bullet in the fourth, too, right here is uh, a cheap Kenny Galladay touchdown with two minutes left after we're getting whooped. And I, a couple times I heard Brenneman and whoever he was with. I don't know if it was Spielman or what. It was like 20 to zip, and there was no time left in the fourth quarter. And they, every time the volume kicked on, I felt like they were trying to say, these Lions don't quit. They might come back. It's like, it's 20-0. Like, I mean, what what are we what are we doing? Is there is there the old rock and jock, like, 17-point play that we can hit right here? Because this ball game was over, like, well in, early in the fourth quarter. I, I mean, I thought that touchdown to Kenny was a fine – you know, adjustment by him, a decent throw by Blau, but when that's your only highlight of the whole game, I mean, it's just embarrassing, really. The whole game was like, we didn't get whooped offensively on the scoreboard, but we got sliced and diced all day. Your boy Slay had some lazy plays. We had, I think, Tracy Walker missed some tackles. My boy Will Harris had some struggles, and we just felt like we both didn't compete, and then you get, what, a late touchdown and a field goal or something to make it somewhat respectable? Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah, it was. Um, it was like one of those games. Like I said, I thought in the first half they played. You know, the defense played pretty well, and then like right before half, Minnesota scored that late touchdown. And they were just kind of like, you know, the offense isn't moving the ball. You know, Prater missed a field goal. It's like we don't have. Can we just start the bus now and leave? That's kind of what I got the feeling from that whole game. And. Yeah, like, oh, like you said, I was hearing that same stuff. Oh, they don't fight. You know, they keep playing. They're, they're still playing hard no matter the year, you know, no matter how the year's going. And I don't know. I mean, it's just there's a point where a team knows just like, you know, we this is an L. Let's just kind of walk out of here now. So, Grifka, I've got a – we're going to get to Tampa Bay, but I brought in a special guest on this game up. We should have just had this guy on rather than talk about the game ourselves. I mean, this is what this game was. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to – perform like that pitiful it sucked it stunk that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion we threw that game we gave it away by doing that we gave them the friggin game 
In my opinion, that sucked. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. Does that pretty much do it for the Vikings game, Griffin? Pretty much. But <laughs> we can, we can talk about the Buccaneers game, too, because let's, let's, I got some points okay. on it. <laughs> I can put those on repeat if we need for Tampa Bay. But So getting into Tampa Bay, I have here interception by John Tavai early. I feel like, you know, nice play by the kid. But I, I'm i really torn on Johnny Tavai as a player. Like, I... I feel like he got snaps, he was hurt, but I don't know what we have coming back in 2020. Is this the guy I can count on in the middle, or is he just a slow-plotting linebacker that's going to get exposed in 2020? Like, I'm I'm up in the air on him, but I thought this was a, a pretty good play, but it, it just really didn't lead to anything. It was just sort of like there, and the next thing I know, uh, Rashawn Melvin was doing what he did the back half of the year, getting roasted and toasted extra crispy like right up over the top deep touchdown like I, I don't know what happened to the guy he played great for four games and then terrible for like the rest of the season yeah I, I, I think for this game I'm you know re-watching it and I jotted down some notes but I think when I went back I, at the top of it I put this you know worst game by defense all year I mean I, I really believe that yeah there was other games where other teams were moving the ball scoring on them but I think with what Tampa Bay had, and you know, it was like Jameis Winston out there throwing up his fantasy numbers. It was like he's a great quarterback. I mean, that guy just—I mean, he was used, you know, throwing five touchdowns a game, about four picks, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, really, when we even when we previewed this game, we talked about Tampa Bay's offense, what they had. It's like, yeah, they got some decent guys, but they just this—the defense. God, I, I swear, this was probably the worst game they played all year. I want to do a couple things quickly. We we'll move to this game. Grifka, what would you say about Jameis Winston? I don't know, maybe one of a phrase that you've said a few times on the show. <laughs> he's not that great. Gosh. Grifka, I'm going to give you credit here. Guy. I still think he's a joke quarterback. And I actually saw something like, <laughs> you know, what I was I was God. watching. I was home for lunch one day, and they were like talking, "What if Tom Brady signs somewhere else? What you know, what happens?" And I actually had Jameis Winston being like, you know, signed or traded to the Patriots. And all I think to myself is like, "Bill Belichick ain't taking that guy." I mean, what are you kidding me? I mean, did Bill Belichick retire and then they decide? I mean, he doesn't want Jameis Winston <laughs> because the greatest coach of all time probably knows that he's he's not that great. <laughs> Grifka, I was going to give you credit before you went on your Jameis Winston rant that I, for the last few years, I even have him in a really deep fantasy league. I thought like Jameis Winston was going to pull it all together and 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 cut down on his turnovers and figure the game out, but I've, I'm resigned to the fact now that he's not only not that great, he sucks. Okay, he's not good. He can't see. Everyone's like, oh, he got LASIK now. It's like, yeah, maybe you would have wanted to take care of that before you threw 30 interceptions in a season. Like. It's embarrassing, but in this football game, I'll never forget, I sat him down in a championship or like a semifinal fantasy playoffs because I'm like, man, James Winston ain't going to come out and keep balling because he had been playing good football. And like before I know what I've got here on my notes, 14 zip, 21-3, and it even gets worse uh, late in the game. It's like this this cost me a fantasy championship probably cuz i just didn't i had given up on james winston being good at football and i still have but i wish you would have played him against my favorite team cuz he absolutely 
diced us up. Grifka, like, I know I, I got us to half at 21-3, but the one bullet I have here, did you see the play where the Tampa Bay kicker, I don't know if he lost it in the lights, I don't know if he tripped over the the yard, uh, the white chalk that makes the yard markers, he just sort of fell down. The punt, like, landed, I feel like, 10 yards away from where he was standing. I think it was, um, gosh, who was the guy? I didn't write his name down. He's the... He's one of the backup safeties we have that never plays, but he's always on special teams out of Alabama or whatever. <clears throat> he, he's he got a clear run to this football where, like, me or you could have probably picked it up and fell in the end zone. He blows a tire and goes down, and the, and the ball goes out of bounds or something. And next thing you know, Jameis is slicing our defense up, throwing balls, you know, 30 yards down the field, nobody even the pitcher. Like, how did we not get a touchdown on that play? It's just unbelievable to me. That's bad, but I still think the worst was they showed was it um, your boy Sam Martin, you know, puts a <laughs> drops a punt at the one. I mean, you know, probably his best punt all year. And by the way, he's going out with, with Nasty Lucan, if you don't know that, and it's the only reason to resign. And so she keeps coming to games. So, um, and then you know, Jameis Winston, like, oh, you know, the, the, the thing is like the Lions defense has the Buccaneers backed up, and they just probably marched 99 yards downfield for a touchdown after like was it godwin and miller got these big fucking passes it's right. just like you know, tampa bay just marched 99 yards right. terrible but i we didn't hit on the news and notes but news and notes are that samuel martin is going to be gone and like we're going to be having a new punter so i'll be happy man maybe we'll get some consistent play no uh capri shorts on a sunday afternoon or, or in sync out of that guy anymore get him out of town he's not a football player um the best folks? part of the game though i want to bring him up uh, go ahead. you know you know we all i think we're gonna book a trip there next year remember west hills well, yeah, I've got I've got the uh, amazing uh, gosh, what is it? It's almost like a, uh, a boarding school, a, a, um, you know, a, the back nine of your favorite golf course. I've got West Hills all over my notes here, here in the second half. So <laughs> let, let's timeshare. It's a timeshare. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Let Let's catch the people up, man. Twenty one three at halftime. That's embarrassing. I have here Grifka in big, bold print. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what play it was. I just wrote down to make sure I had it, could say it on the show. Jesse James, you are a piece of garbage. <laughs> like This guy, he caught a ball, and I swear he looked like a biggest slug ever running. Like This guy's going to have to do a, a 360-degree plus 10,000 to even be decent in the NFL this year, based on what I saw from this guy this year. Like I remember I liked it cause he was young and big and he had seemed to do decent things in Pittsburgh. This guy cannot play NFL football. I, I if he comes out and gets 20, 15 catches this year, but that make any impact, I'll be shocked. I see yeah, nothing that, from that, this guy. That's gotta be a prop that we have before the season. Just uh, uh, how many, how many catches Jesse James will have. So I can't bad. remember. Was this game? It was, it was, it was either this game or the Minnesota game when I was watching it. You know, Jesse James caught a pass. The announcer was like, that is a name that the Lions haven't caught. That is a name you haven't heard much this year. Right. I just laughed. I thought of you when I heard that. That's a $7 million name we haven't heard all year. Like, yeah, okay. Caught a couple passes. You ever see him run after he catches it? He looks like he's stuck in mud. I think I take you in a 40-yard dash against this guy. Oh my god! I don't know if my niece could handle it, but I'll, I'll try it. I'll see if I can get it on the field. Oh, you, you, you dust him. I have there. no doubt. You look like Henry Ruggs against this guy. Um, 
All right. Anyway, after that, I do have West Hills touchdown. Like you say, the timeshare, the uh, our favorite vacation spot. I've got West Hills touchdown number two. I mean, it, it's a beautiful uh, sunset when you get to watch uh, watch it at the corner of West and Hills. You know, it's uh, it's uh, you know all the good things we love about good old uh, West Hills, however you want to call them. Twenty four seven. So so somehow it was twenty one three, and then it's. Next thing you know, it's 24-17. We had multiple chances to come back and win this game. The the Buccaneers hit a missed field goal off the upright. Then David Blau throws the ball right to some bum from the Chippewas named Bunting. Uh, gosh, I forget. He's got a hyphenated name, which is inexcusable. Uh, Kevin, you didn't like that guy coming out in the draft, right? No. <laughs> no, I uh, do not like him, but I could have... Again, I hate to keep comparing us, but I could have took this and high-stepped like Dion. Right to him, five minutes left, pick six. Yet somehow, like, we still had other chances to somewhat get back in the game. And the next thing you know, Perriman catches his third. How, how do you let Brashard Perriman, who was almost – he was out of football. He caught three touchdowns on us? 38-17 against your boy Slay and, and all our other guys that were counting on at cornerback? That That's – that's you should be kicked out of football. You let Bashad Perriman score three times on you. What the heck is going on right now? Like I said, worst defensive game all year. I'm sure it was that all was the just... coaching too, right? Griff couldn't. None of these plays yeah, were on so. uh, number twenty-three or my boy twenty-one, or you know, it was all the it was all the scheme, right? Yeah, yeah, they schemed it like, hey, just let these fast guys get by you. <laughs> let them. Winston can't connect with them anyways. <laughs> so that's what that's probably what they thought. So I'm throwing long. You can't connect anyways. Grifka, I'm, I'm upset. These were hard to watch like this. I'm expecting big things still in 2020, but this reminded me of how ugly it got towards the, you know, like even mid-year it was ugly, but this was really ugly at the end. Like it was just, you know, it can't justify the scores. I can't, you know, give you too many highlights. I feel like, like you said, the defense was porous. The the effort I felt was bad on at lots of different levels. So just not fun to watch, man. Uh, tough one. But hey, we had a fun show. That that's good. And like I say, we'll be back Friday talking all things Lions. We got some fun topics. And I know Grifka's got some things he'll be asking me. And man, I got I'll be fired up. We got we'll get through our last two games, and it'll be a good show. So Grifka. You got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, hit me up on Twitter at Derek O'Cree. You can find Grifka at GrifkaDKC. We'll be back Friday talking all things Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in, man. Take care, everybody. We're out. Back to back. Start the play. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.